sit down and tell us the swear to God truth. We're in trouble. And we need to repent. And we need to get our hearts together. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that we have been missing the sound of prophetic voices coming together in concert to be able to declare the heart and the mind of God um, in the midst of this. Um, th that's what we need. You know what I'm saying? We need to be able to hear what is God's heart? What is God's mind? I think that uh, we have not. So to condense that, to say what all this is, number one, we have been missing you know, urgency and leaders pointed us back to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in, uh, what I have seen, um, in that it has not been, uh, a lot of let's really cry out to God. Instead, it's, we're going to cry for this few minutes and who I feel relieved. So let's go on back and do what we was doing before. And so that's what I've been seeing. And it's not, and I don't see the prophets coming together for one sound. Now, the WHO came together for one sound with their demonic foolishness, but the church in the midst of a pandemic who can't see, who can't hear, we, we understand. This is why God is shaking everything that can be shaken because we ain't. <laughs> I think that that question, um, those things are one and the same. Casualties of man's disobedience uh, equals the wrath of God. Um, I believe that for the church, and we understand that judgment begins at the house of God, all I would say is look around and you answer the question. That question is answerable. And it's scary to say it because we don't want to say it. We, we don't want to say it. Um, and I think with, with a lot of the deaths that we have experienced and suffered, I think that the church has suffered immensely around the world, around the country, especially here in America. Like when you look at the gross majority of people who passed away, a lot of them are, a lot of them have been leaders. And it's, and that's the thing that shook me to my core because we can say, okay, this is something that's going on in the world. God is going to keep us and he's going to protect us. But this is the answer. This is how you deduce whether or not this is judgment or not. We go to Psalms 91 and we say that none of these things shall come not our dwelling. But then we also look in the scripture and we see that the Bible says, whosoever breaketh an hedge, a serpent will bite him. How did the serpent get in unless the, the hedge was broken? God allowed the hedge to be open. And so if the hedge is not there, then we are absolutely in the chastening of the Lord. It doesn't matter how it got here. It doesn't matter if it came from a lab, if it came from um, animals cross-contaminating or how be ever. Okay. I just lost somebody. What we doing? Okay. And um, the technology. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, you know, all of those things. But um, I think that this, it's a culmination of a few things. It is God's word coming to pass. But it is also, um, I believe that, that this is a tool in the hand of God um, to, to awaken the church. 
And we're not done. How do I know that? Okay. I, I We talked about the hedge. That's number one. So that's number one. Number two, when we read in Matthew 24, can I, can I just get that real quick? Is that okay? Okay, let, let me just look at this real quick. And this is going to give you a good answer. And I would prefer to give you Bible. Because if we could book it, then honey, we could live this thing, okay? So let's look at what the scriptures say. And that way I'm not telling you Fran 101. Because that's not a real book. You know what I'm saying? But I could give you Matthew 24. That's the book. Okay, so when we look at Matthew 24, okay? And now let me let me get to the right verse. Uh, Matthew 24, now listen to this. Verse 6 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay? Verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be, this is where I want to go, there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I'm going to stop there at verse 8. These three things, Show us what whether or not this is the hand of God, whether or not we're in chastisement, whether or not this is just man-made or whatever. It's kind of like you look at it and you say, okay, if you have one thing, okay, we'll just say it's a coincidence that it's one thing. But if you have all three of these things operating at the same time, which we do, um, at the same time that this pestilence is in the land okay this is not the this is not the only pestilence there's another pestilence that took place over in africa that caused famine just recently they were attacked by swarms of locusts and when the locusts changed direction you know what happened the babies came back and ate what the what the what the first set of locusts didn't take. Listen to me, that's that's biblical proportions. What the Bible says, what the locusts didn't eat, the caterpillar ate. What the caterpillar didn't eat, the palmer worm ate. So we got Bible on this. So you got you got you got famines and pestilences and then earthquakes. We had an earthquake in the middle of the Midwest. They don't have earthquakes. And it was it was something that was that registered on the Richter scale. So this is not scare tactics. This is church wake up. Jesus is soon to come. Yes, we have been saying that for eons, but baby, we in the birth pains. This is the 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 bride is heavy and pregnant, and she's in travail, and and is experiencing birth pains. This baby is coming. And there's nothing we can do about it to stop it. And so, why do you think that people or leaders haven't been teaching this? Because it's easier to say, touch your neighbor, tell your neighbor it's going to be all right, neighbor. It's easier to do that. It's easier, it's easier to keep you in oblivion with your hand in your wallet passing money into the offering basket. It's easy because I can push my agenda. It's easier. If I can keep you in the earth and keep you earth minded and don't have you spiritual minded because then you wake up to my mess and my tactics and my and my false doctrine. Hello. And so and, and thinking about that leads me to my next question. And how do we become effective in building the kingdom? You, you addressed it like, you know, turn to your name and the hoop in and everything. And, and, and for those, we'll definitely be talking about that in a couple.
when we have our own mind summit. But why do you think, like, so how do we become now effective in this time, in this next phase of the church? Like, how do we become effective? Because I think effectiveness is needed um, because, honestly, you cannot go back to doing church the same. You just you can't. You go back to doing church the same. I think you're going to cause a casualty. How do, how do we become effective for this next phase within the church? We're going to have to assess where we are and what we are doing, what we have done that does not work, that, um, and, and be honest with ourselves um, about the fact that we have to, that most of what, I, what we've been doing in church ain't God. That's just, that's just the bottom line. We, we're going to have to come to terms with, with, with the fact that most of what we have been doing is not God. God did not ordain it. He does, he, he does not, he had not sanctioned it. And so we're going to have to be honest about it. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to be, do away with it. Because, because who are we going to worship? We're going to worship the pastor or we're going to worship Jesus? Who are we going to worship? That's my question. I think I think I think you're saying so much, and it's very pivotal for, for this. Is then so? How do we just, how do leaders address this crisis? This crisis, these crises. Like how do how should leaders address these crises? You know, you've been helping me with that. Crises, crises. <laughs> how do like how do leaders address these crises um, effectively to where they do not get become mediocre because again they are trying to I think one of the biggest battles is trying to remain relevant when now the whole world has access to different ministries how do the leaders stay focused in a time like this how do the leaders stay focused in a time like this okay so let's deal with let's deal with um excuse me uh being relevant let's deal with that so we would have to define what is relevance. That's first and foremost. We would have to define what relevance is. Um, is relevance having a seeker-friendly church and a church full of sinners who are not born again? Is that relevance? Is relevance having a bunch of followers that... Um, and I did put this on my Facebook page. God bless you. Sorry that cause we was having a little... Yes, so I just put it on there. So y'all got the audio and part of the video. Amen. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think if we're going to talk about being relevant, we have to be honest about, is that what Jesus called us to do? If I'm preaching the gospel, the gospel is relevant for every generation. Can you start, you know, I'm, going, I'm bringing up, because I think, what do you mean by relevant? Like, how do we know? How to be relevant without losing our focus, and and I'm not even talking about in the pandemic. Just as believers and as leaders, how do we stay? Okay, yes, we want to stay relevant to the time, but how do we not lose our focus in our God-given assignment? Because that can be very hard in a time like this. How do prophets and apostles and pastors stay, especially prophets? Okay. How do prophets get? How do they do that? Okay, so real quick before I answer the question, those of y'all that are watching on Facebook, can y'all hear? I just want to double check. Can y'all hear Prophet as he's asking the questions? Because I want to make sure that you guys can hear what he's saying. So can you like, can you put some hearts up if you can hear? Hallelujah. Thank you. Because you know there's a, there's a delay. Yeah, there is. There's a delay. That's why we controlling our own, our own media. Hallelujah. Listen, yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Can y'all hear us? You can hear the question. 
Repeat the question, please. Yes, thank you. So the, the question is, how do leaders, prophetic and apostolic specifically, and, and pastors, stay relevant without losing their assignment? How do they stay? Like, how do they do that? Okay, very good. Okay, so they can hear you. Very good. Okay, so again, let's talk about what is relevant. And again, the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant for every generation. Um, I understand that we shift and we pivot with our... Uh, presentation I get that you know what I'm saying because we want to reach people but I just don't think that Jesus was walking around like okay well they got a bowl cut so I need to go get me a bowl cut so I can draw the young people you understand what I'm saying like that's not that's not our call our call is not to be relevant our call is to preach the gospel and listen whoever whoever had he this is why the scripture say he'd have ears to hear let him hear what the spirit is saying if you don't hear me you don't hear me. You ain't. You got ears, but they don't work. You know, and so that's the difficulty because we want full churches. We want conferences that are packed to the gills. We want million-dollar offerings. We want to drive the best car. We and we want to do it all with the saints' money. That's a problem. So are you relevant? You know what I'm saying? Or are you are you saved? Are you born again? Are you following the great commission that that what was left for us, the instructions that was left for us? And I think that that's where that's where we hit an impasse because the world and the church world will try to make us will try to make us um you know try to make us follow what other people are doing because it seems um the thing to do but can i tell you something yes where's all the relevant people at now because because i don't hear them i don't i don't hear a peep. i don't have tell you i don't hear a peep all of these jokers that was on listen to me even your money preachers where they at like i all I hear, the, I seen a couple of them up there actually having prayer. Come on, Jesus, that's relevant. <laughs> that's that's relevant. We 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 are not defined by the times, and this is what we have to stop doing, saints of God. If you are called by the name of the Lord, what you got to stop doing is stop being a a uh. Stop being a thermometer and be a thermostat. Because a thermometer tells you what the temperature is. The thermostat sets the tone. If it's too cold in here, I go hit a button. And everybody in here is going to feel this atmosphere that I set because I hit the button. Because they think that the they think that a thermometer is where it's at. Why is that? Like, why do you think in your plethora of years of ministry and being an opposite voice, why do you think that is it's happening? Why do you think people are not willing to set tones, but they're willing to follow what everyone else is doing? Because it's easier to follow the cloud, the crowd, than it is the cloud. Because nobody sees the cloud. Wow. But we see where the crowd is going. It's easy to follow that. So she, so you just said it's easier to follow 
follow the crowd than it is to follow the cloud. Absolutely. So the cloud is faith and the crowd is, is sight, basically. The cloud is the presence of God. In the wilderness, the cloud, it was a, God revealed himself and manifest himself as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So he was with them. It's easier to follow people than it is to follow God because you have to, people want you to explain to them, well, why we got to do X, Y, and Z? And why are we doing such and such? And such? The church down the street, Bishop Hoobajaga over there, and he go do such and such and such. And that's what I want to go over because, honey, the praise and worship is off the chain and they got a good old band and they got the blinking lights. Baby, you in the club, you in the disco, you at church, where you at? So I got to give you club feeling. In order for you to feel like you're in the presence of the Lord, ain't that ain't gonna be in heaven. So let me ask you, how how should Christians respond to a time like this? I know we talk about as leaders. How do we present Christ in a time of crisis to where we are being authentic, but we're also like being that relevant because Jesus is relevant, Jesus is culture, and that's something even what we're talking about this coming Sunday. How Jesus is culture. Like, how do we as Christians keep that mandate of literally being influential? Like, how do we do that? What should Christians be doing right now? Christians should be on their faces in the presence of the Lord, getting instruction from God. That is just that's just as basic. As I could possibly get. And I know that that's not deep and wonderful. It's not a five-step program. First, you get on your knees. And then you put your hands together. And then you say, Lord, help me. I mean, it's not a five-step program. You know what I'm saying? Get on your face and ask God. This is, we are his church. And the moment we deviate, you ever see somebody try to put together a, 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 a bunk bed, a table, a chair or something and don't read the instructions. You got the instructions, but you don't stop what you do because you think you know how this is supposed to look. You put the chair together and it's rickety. You put the table together and the table, you got, you got, you got the wrong pieces, the wrong bolts in the wrong places. You know what I'm saying? So your table's not stable. You know, all you had to do was read the directions and, and see how the manufacturer wanted to put it, to, how you know, how they say you should put it together. Our problem is we think we know more than God. Because we could ask Google. I'm just saying. So what do you think, for some, and I know this is about to be a big question, what do you think is going to happen to some churches after this pandemic? They won't be. They, they just won't be. There'll be some people that won't have... Um, they won't have a church. Um, and so they need to prepare for that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so in, in, saying, that, in saying that they are not ready, like how, what are some misconceptions that you've noticed that has been revealed um, in this time of this pandemic? What are some misconceptions that people had about church? That it was about the building. <laughs> um, that... So how do we prepare for that, like after that, for churches? I have to be I have to be honest, it's gonna be hard for some people. It's it's gonna be hard for some pastors because especially if the people who are at home tap into Jesus, it's going to be hard because if I get a hold of God, let's just give a scenario. If I give it get a hold of God while I'm home. And God begins to show me. You ever hear the song, um, um, 
I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Yeah. And it's a verse that says, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. Yeah. Now, when we get to that point and we understand that we made this something else other than what God had intended. And, and then we, after this, by God's grace, and we go back to a building for worship and we, we got to worship somewhere. I get it. I'm, I'm not opposed. I'm not anti-church. I can't be against the body. You understand what I'm saying? But when you go back and you try to bring that same religious wine skin, and we was talking about this some time ago, that this is what the Lord said about this season. He got to get rid of this old wine skin because the wine is precious. Wine breathes. So if you try to put this in an old wineskin, it's going to burst. You're not going to be able to contain this because so, God is in it. So let me ask you this question, and I, and I hope everybody can hear this question. I'm about to ask. What is the new wineskin that the church is going into? That's the first part. What is the new wineskin that we're walking to as a church, as the body of Christ? As you see, what is the new wineskin that we're walking into? If we if we obey, if we and yeah, obedient, okay. those that's going to be obedient. <laughs> Right. Like, what's the, next the 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 new wine skin is following what Jesus left here for His church in the first place. Okay. That that's the new wine skin. It's it's obeying the word and seeing if what we do line up with Scripture, seeing if the life that we are living exemplifies Christ, seeing if us as leaders. And and I'm telling you, and 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 you know, and I said this yesterday that like people like priests. Uh, the the dearth of good, sound, mature leadership is missing, not just in the church, but in the in our government. Like this is Ringling Brothers and Bottom and Belly Circus. We got elephants. We got hoops of fire. You know what I'm saying? We got fat ladies running around dressed like clowns. We got everything, but we don't have the word. You understand what I'm saying? And so what we see in the government is the same thing. That spirit is hovering even over the church because we refuse to break the spirit of this age off the church. We got to break the, that. And that's, that goes back to what we were talking about, about what is the work of the apostle? And, 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 you know, those that have an apostolic mantle upon their life, you have to challenge everything that's not God. Challenge the culture. Challenge doctrine that's not right. Challenge preachers who are preaching and we know that they're not of God. Tell the people, name their names and tell them you don't go there. Because, because mark them that cause division among you. And if you're preaching a false doctrine, then you're causing division among us. Don't go to their church. So, and that's the question I want to ask you. As I was leading this, I'm glad you got there. How do we, like, how do we as believers, prophetic people, we got people that are prophets and intercessors and different things on this. How do we respond to culture, like how do we be influencers and not be influenced by culture? Like, what do we really like? How do we do this? Because I really see, like you said, we have had so many preachers that were preaching and now they're not talking. But like, how do we now become the vessels, the voices, and be for when He gives us all these all these gifts? He says for the equipping of the saints. Yes. Yeah. 
Bibles. How do we, how do we maintain and not allow ourselves to be sucked into culture and be influenced by culture? Daniel 1 and 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You're going to have to toe the line. You're going to have to stand out. You're going to have to decide to yourself. And, and there's another verse of scripture that says, if you find yourself given to appetite, when you get to the king's table, put a knife to your throat. We're not ready for that kind of preaching. We're not ready for that. You, you going to do this tonight? Oh, yes, because it's Bible. Okay? And so... When Daniel said, and I was talking to, I was talking to Prophetess uh, uh, Andrea earlier today, and we were talking about this. I believe that was today. Listen, it's been a long day. Hallelujah. But anyway, I think that was today. We were talking about this, and or yesterday, one of these days, and I was saying to her this, talking about this verse. When Daniel said that I'm not eating this meat, it wasn't that he was trying to be deep and wonderful, because you know people are like, oh, you're just trying to, you, you're trying to be deep. No, no, no. Daniel said... I'm not going to let the king have me because we understand, well, first of all, when we get full, we run our mouths. When we get full, we run our mouths. He said, I'm not drinking the wine. I'm not eating this food because if I get to drink this wine, I'm going to get inebriated and I'm going to start running my mouth. I'm going to start saying things I have no business saying. Come on. If I eat this food, you know what I'm saying? Then that means that you owe me. Because now I'm going to get myself accustomed to a certain kind of lifestyle. And so that, that, is, that will drag you into a place that you don't need to be. Why? So, because your appetite. Right. So let me ask you this challenging question. And even to those that are members and, and, and not just membership, but members of body and members of a church. What do they need to do to remain in the alignment of God? in this next season because I believe we're walking into that place of First Timothy 4 where it says those are little itching ears because there's going to be a, there's a hunger in the land um, and there's a, a need for answers so everybody's going to be looking for answers what do people need to understand that's on all our streams need to understand that we'll hear this even later on <coughs> about what they need to do when it comes to their positioning and their faith to their church um, and to the body of Christ what do they need to know to not fall into that trap of Daniel 1 and 8, like that, eating anything off the table. Okay. I really believe, and this is hard. It's hard. Um, because in a culture of luxury, comfortability, um, and I believe it's in Isaiah, uh, where he said, woe unto those that, woe unto them that, so pillows under the arms of them in Zion. We have made people comfortable. We have made people comfortable. Like there's so much Bible <laughs> that 
if we would read it, it would set us straight. But I think that what we need to do um, in order uh, in order for us to, you know, how, how do we go forward from here? How do we make this choice to stay separate? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's going to be hard. Because while everybody else is, is going out and having a good time, you on your face crying out to God. But here's the paradox. When they're in trouble, they know where the cloud rests and they know where to come. That's what we have to, that's what we have to focus on. We have to focus on, you know, not just getting things from God. You know, God is my genie. He wants me to be blessed. He wants me to have my house, my car, my whatever. That's fabulous. But I want to challenge you to live beneath your means. That's what I want to do. I want to challenge you to 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 not um, have so many lusts. Let's talk about lust. Lusting after things. Um, um, lust is what's going to have some people who know it's not good for them to be over there in Atlanta at the, at the nail shop because some of them people are not healthy. Lust for what things look like is what's going to cause people to get in trouble. So that's a sidebar. That ain't had nothing to do with that, but I just wanted to say it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we got to get our appetites under control. Saints of God, bring your appetite. Listen, the Bible talks about self-control. Anybody can control somebody else, but can you control you? Can you control yourself? This is the big deal. You know what I'm saying? And, and really, so self-control Dealing with your proclivities and your lust and your desires and your your need to be out front and look like a glamour queen or a glamour king or whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? I need you to chuck everything that you thought you knew about what you, you, you know what I'm saying, you were supposed to have, supposed to do, supposed to be, whatever, and then ask God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to carry myself? What do you want me to say? You know what I'm saying? Just give yourself to God. So my question is, and one thing I have realized, and I said this even to our church, um, and I've been saying this to people in conversations, is that a lot of people are no longer going to, this has opened now of people really knowing where they belong, mm. what churches and ministries. Mm. How do people come, how do people want to know the right church? How do people know they're in the right church and how do people come to grips with that? Because I think one of the things that you're saying being challenged <coughs> comfortability, how does one now accept the part of the reality of their own inadequacies, but also because it might be them. If not, it's probably said the truth for their church because I'm not always going to blame the church. What? But then also for somebody that have realized that's been stuck in a place like, hey, I want to, I realize that this is my leader or I realize that this where I need to be, or I realize this is where I need to be under. How do people deal with that? Because I think a lot of people, um, we've heard it, oh, people are breaking religion and breaking religiosity and stuff. Yes, but I think it's now how do we that walk in that? Like, how do we truly walk in that of walking freely into the purpose God has called us to? Because I think that starts with having a strong basis. So, how do people come to grips with knowing the right church or, and knowing the right leader or even self analyzing themselves? Okay, so let's talk about the fact that you you um, quoted Ephesians chapter four. Can we go back to that? Yeah. Okay, because that's that's gonna govern my answer. Um, because I want to give you Bible on that. You know what I'm saying? And not just yes, Ephesians four. Go to your Bible. Okay, and so okay, 
let, let me start at, I'm going to start at verse 11. And we'll read down and then I will give commentary. Okay. Okay. So verse 11 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man. This word perfect is not the word perfect. It is maturity, growth. Okay. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul talked to, um, I believe it's the Colossians church. And he said, till Christ be formed in you. He said, I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to work with you till Christ be formed in you. That's what this is talking about. Christ being formed in us. Us growing up and looking like Jesus. To when we walk around the earth, we are little Jesuses here in the earth. Okay. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. See, we talk about maturity. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait, wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that. This is where I want to go. Okay. By that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase in the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So how do I know whether or not this is the right church for me? Number one, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, um, carnal paradigms when i say carnal i don't mean uh i'm not using carnal in a bad sense i just mean worldly in the sense of it's not really as as much as it's biblical as much as it that's just our opinion you know what i'm saying as to what is supposed to generate our decision making about going to a church um and so you know we have a lot of things that we can say about well you know if, if this is some place that has X, Y, and Z for me, or if it's good people, they love the Lord, blah, 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 all of that. And those are wonderful things. But right here, the thing that you're supposed to look for to see whether or not this is where you can be is, can I grow here? Can my gifts work here? Do they need me? Is there a need for me here? That That's, that's. For a mature, a mature believer, it is, are my gifts needed here? Is this some place where, you know, so what am I getting at? The mega church dimension is not God's intention. Because everybody in that church can't work. Everybody, the majority of the people in the church are pew sitters. Mind you, there are things that maybe that they can do in their community, which is amazing. It's wonderful. And we applaud that. You understand what I'm saying? But if we're talking about the church edifying itself in love, the church, you know, your edification doesn't come from outside. With teaching psychology and all this other nonsense that we have brought into the church. What we must understand is we have to look at it from a standpoint of is this some place that number one is going to help me to come into the unity of the faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. If we use that criteria, all of these, ah, and God said, ah, all them churches will be empty. Because we don't understand what you're saying, sir. How am I going to grow when I, I can't do what I don't hear? How can they hear without a preacher? Come on here, somebody. But if the preacher is speaking in inarticulate tongue, I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, what did he say? What? what? And I'm not telling you, you're not going to feel, you know, we love the experience of the black church. You know what I'm saying? Um, Even in some of our Hispanic churches, you know what I'm saying? And all the rest of that stuff, you know, um, um, you know, but what about, let's just take the time. Let me make sure you understand. If I went to a college class and my professor is hand your hip bone connection, your backbone, if, if he's talking like that, you're losing me, sir. You're losing me. I just can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Speak English. Talk to me. So, to, to go, I'm going to go back to that question. How do leaders adjust to this transition? of a new mantle needing to be operative in their churches. We're moving into a teaching anointing in the Bible. We're moving, and I've been saying this for a while, the spirit of Samuel, Samuel taught, and people don't really understand the dynamics of Samuel, how he's studied the word. He sat at the feet of Eli and, and different things. Like, how do we get to a place to say, I need to be taught not to my emotions, but to my character, to my spirit, man. How do we get to that point? We because this is a, that, watch this, that's a spiritual pandemic. That's a spiritual coronavirus that we've been having for years. People yeah. think that the coronavirus, no, the coronavirus is a reflection of what's been already done in the spirit. We've been having this <laughs> issue spiritually for the longest, where it's been affecting our lungs, it's been decapitating us. And so how do we get to a place? And, and, and for those that are even honest, how do they say, you know what? I'm not going to follow sensationalism, but I'm going to follow where I can eat and I get substance. How do we get to that point? You know, there was, I think it was a song, it was a rap or something some years ago. It's nothing to it but to do it. You're just going to have to do it. You, you, first of all, you're going to have to recognize that there's a need for it. That's first and foremost. You're going to have to recognize that there is a need for this. Um, that's number one. And when you realize that there's a need to pivot, you know what I'm saying? Then we need to do it. You know, whatever it takes. Bust it down back to, to the original uh, foundation and if you got to you got to bust that bad boy up too and relay it do what you must so that because the reality is is and the bible tells us can no foundation or other foundation be laid than that which is already laid so if there's a foundation there already we're gonna have to bust it up in order to lay this this biblical foundation you know what i'm saying and so so i can't come and try to build something that is doctrinally sound. Um, and, and let me just throw this in here. This is prophetic, and I need to say this. And this is why we don't get it, because we, I don't know, it's like, we, we just not, it's not, the synapses are not popping off. We're not getting it. The same thing is happening in our world today, right now. All the stuff that we're experiencing, 
We all, everybody that, that has studied anything about this nation or whatever, we understand that the powers that be, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, and, and if you want to try to call it conspiracy theorem, it's not. This is not conspiracy theorem. We're in it. And the reality is, is that they want to bring us into this new world order, right? So let me just use this as an example. You know what I'm saying? Um, just track with me for a few minutes and indulge me for a second. Um, because what we see happening is them trying to tear down what we have so that they can usher in what they want. If the world understands that, why can't the church understand it? That in order for us to have an authentic experience with Jesus, that we're going to have to tear down the foundation that we have, that we have laid in our own flesh, with our own desires, our own. What is your vision? Your vision for ministry? It don't look like it don't. It don't look like Mark eighteen. 16, 16, come on, somebody. So, so this is the question then. It really starts with leadership in this aspect. And so you know, falls on leadership. How do leadership get how do leaders get under the right cover? First of all, let's can we get under Jesus first? Right. So we start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. And then I mean it's just it's just, it's really a matter, it's it's a matter of, and I hate to use like little like sayings and, you know, different things like that. But the reality is, is that um, like they say, you know, it's the old Chinese proverb or whatever, or somebody's proverb that when the student is ready, the teacher comes. There's some stuff your ear is not even open to until your spirit turns. Like, you can hear people preach, but your heart is not in that. That's not the channel you want. You know what I'm saying? So so I'm turning the channel because I, I want to hear that. I want to hear somebody else say something else. You know what I'm saying? So if I don't want to hear that, and then all of a sudden there's a turning in my spirit, and God awakens me. To some degree that I was not awakened. And then I hit that same channel. And it's the same preacher. And it's probably the same broadcast. Something connects with my spirit. Because now I have an ear to hear. What the spirit is saying. And now that word. That was just logos. Becomes rhema. And it makes sense to me. And it speaks to me. And it brings deliverance to me. And it gives me instruction and direction. So that's the place that we have to be, that we can hear the voice of God, um, you know. And, and, and it's not going to happen overnight because some of us didn't backslide overnight and get into these lukewarm states overnight. It's going to take time, but you got to be consistent. And this is how you're going to be able to make this transition so that when this is over, you're able to have the that the bride of Christ would look like a bride, which she would be chased like a bride. You know what I'm saying? She, she'd she be holy like a bride. You know what I'm saying? And she won't have other lovers. So, so. <laughs> and so, and, and, and two more questions I want to ask you is this. Yes. How, how, where, where should we be focusing our attention right now as the body of Christ? I know we say Jesus. Yeah. I know we say the prayer. Right. But like, as what should leaders right now 
be building within their church? And what should leaders in themselves be building in their own homes? Like in their own private time. For the next phase, not not in the after for where we're going next. Where we're going next as a church. Uh-huh. What will be in the next two years for us as a church going next? Um I believe that we are going to see God manifest himself like never before. Um, to those who have been positioning themselves to hear from him. Um, I believe that we're going to see restoration of the real church with power. The church was birthed in power. She cannot leave this earth without being in power. You understand what I'm saying? There's no way that Jesus is coming back for a weak church. You know what I'm saying? It's an impossibility. I don't believe it. I don't see it in scripture. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I've seen in scripture says that the glory of this latter house is going to be greater than that of the former. You know, um, um, and, and, and so there are things in scripture that speak to us about a move of God coming. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. You know what I'm saying? Um, this army that God is going to raise up. I believe that, that that's what's on the horizon for us. But it is all hinged on our availability to God and, and our, and if you don't have urgency, you can't fake urgency. So let me say that you can't fake urgency. You can't fake a prayer life. You can't fake, um, you know, um, whether or not your spirit has been awakened. Those are not things that you can fake. You, you can try to play it off, but really the reality is, you know what I'm saying? Is that it, it, it won't last. You know what I'm saying? But what God does, it lasts. And so I think that what we need to be doing at this juncture is really seeking God to just really awaken our inner man, to open the, our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. And, and you know, I say this often that, you know, and I pray this often that God will give us ears to hear, eyes to see and a heart to perceive. That is so urgent. You know what I'm saying? Because I might be able to see, but maybe I can't hear. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe I can hear, but my heart does not perceive that I'm in the midst of a move of God. Just like the woman at the well. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. Hold up. You know what I'm saying? You could be in the presence of God and not even know that, that you are there. And so that means that we don't want to miss what God is doing. So we have to ask God and position ourselves. Press yourself into prayer. Even if you can't say nothing but thank you, Jesus, for an hour, a half an hour, whatever. You need to start building your spirit, man, and positioning yourself and asking God, Lord, give me an urgency because God will give you an urgency. You need to ask God to awaken your inner man, to speak to you again, to, to you know what I'm saying, to cause your ears to hear his voice. God, give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying. You know what I'm saying? Get in the scripture and, and, and I'm telling you, as you pray and as you read, as you pray and as you read, as you pray and as you read, instruction and direction will come and we will see the move of God coming. And it was prophesied. David Wilkerson prophesied. And I know a lot of people may not know it, but he's a, he was from New York. Um, and he had he was the pastor of Times Square Church. Times Square Church is still there. And I think Carter Cologne is, Cologne is still there, uh, uh, pastoring there now. And his son still is there, I think, uh, and doing ministry there with them. But he prophesied, I think it was back in 1989. And he talked about this, this uh, uh, plague coming. Yeah. Right. And in this play coming and how it was going to ravage New York. Here's here's the thing. We're not done. We're not done. Do you know how we're not done? Not because the news said it. 
Not because the CDC said it. Can I tell you how I know we're not done? Because the church hasn't finished turning. She hasn't finished turning. We're still, some of our leaders are still, you escaped this first way and you still haven't turned. Jeremiah said he said, turn us, oh God, until that becomes our prayer. And we mean that thing with tears until we get back to the horns of the altar and hold on. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And say, God, don't slay me here. Until we get back there and know how to pray like that. Till we entreat God for his mercy. Till his mercy brings us into revival. Then we know that we've touched the heart of God. And we're ready for what God has for us next. to where we turn, to where we pivot. You know, you've been saying that word to us. And the, the question that I have to ask is, so what do we do? Like, you know, I know we, and I think <laughs> what I'm really trying to say is like, what do, and I'm saying this to intercessors and prophets, mm. because we have a lot right here that's on here and a lot of upcoming leaders that's on here. What do we what should we be doing, right? Yes, in prayer, but even in our evangelism, even trying to be an answer for people. Mm-hmm. Because Romans 19 says, for the creation awaits, yeah. for the sons of God to be filled. Yeah. It's in groaning. I believe <coughs> we're in that Romans I've been reading that for the last yeah. couple of weeks. We're in that groaning, we're in that fertility because there is a revival coming. What do we say? What should we be doing? How should we be operating? Like, how should we be maximizing on this time with our leadership, our pastors at this time? Like, what should we be doing? Because I think, you know, some people honestly don't really know how to pivot because honestly, they're not under leaders that pivot. That's a harsh reality. That That's a really, that's a hard reality. Um, And I think that that's going to be one of the things also that changes um, after all of this is over, um, or even in the midst of it, you know, um, I think that we've always had access to all of these voices, but as I said before, um, when there's an awakening, desperation sometimes pushes you into awakening because now you're praying in a way that you have not prayed ever. You understand what I'm saying? So we go from, thank you, Jesus, God, thank you for doing it, to God! you to do this for me my neighbors hear me all the time i know they're like this lady is crazy i don't care i don't care listen to me if you don't hear me if i don't never walk up to you talk to you about jesus you know jesus over because you hear me praying and calling and calling jesus for you too because i cry out jesus for my neighbor so you have to i think our evangelism has to step up we need to step up our evangelism um in some shape form or fashion um because we don't witness enough we don't we, we, we know people are on their way to hell. We like, help them, Lord. Well, you, they help. Can you go help them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how do we effectively evangelize at this time in a pandemic? We can't go home. I mean, we can't go outside. Well, some cities can be let outside. You know, praise God. But we, we still go to the Walmart, and there's, there's people in Walmart all the time. So what we're going to have to do is get out of our comfort zones because we have been so involved in just us coming to church that we forgot about the lost. And let me let me say this. Churches, you might be watching and listening. Just because you have an outreach does not mean it's an evangelism. 
Outreach and evangelism are two different things unless you incorporate the two together. Because I can go give somebody a pair of socks as outreach. I can give you food as outreach, but it becomes evangelism when I preach the gospel. When I connect you with the word of God. When I preach Jesus and 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 confront your life of sin, that becomes evangelism. We can't just walk up to people talk about Jesus loves them. No, let me tell you the reality of hell. Let me tell you the reality of eternity forever without Jesus. This is serious. This is this is like houses on fire. So you know they house on fire. You just gonna walk by tomorrow. Fire. Fire. Uh-uh. You're gonna be like fire. You're gonna bang on the door. You're gonna try to get them out the house. But we see people in burning houses every single day and we say nothing. We say nothing. So we're going to have to ask God to give us boldness because some of us are fearful. You can preach with a mic, but you can't preach to a person one-on-one. That's a serious situation. Yeah. So, yeah. You're wrecking the brains of people. So, (laughs) um, I believe, listen, I I don't know. I'm getting stuff out of this because I think I'm getting a deeper understanding uh, even for me as a leader, my responsibilities and things I have to do in teaching people. And that's why even for us, like our church is getting ready to go understand what the kingdom is, mm-hmm. what our responsibility as kingdom believers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though everyone may not be apostolic or prophetic or evangelistic, I think every church needs to understand the dynamics of the function of the house so that we can be. What do you need to say to prophets and prophetic people? What do they need to hear right now? <sighs> I know I just asked a big question. I know, I know, I know, but what do the prophets and prophetic people need to hear in regards to where we are now in this pandemic, but especially for where we're going next? Honestly, just forget about your title and just do it. Just, just do, just do what God told you to do. Uh, Don't worry about whether you get an open door. Don't, don't worry about whether or not anybody invites you to their church or if they're going to give you an offering, or any of those things. Just do what God told you to do. It's imperative that we start seeing apostles and prophets working together. This is a dual ministry um, that works so closely that if you didn't have a trained eye, you wouldn't know which was the apostle, which was the prophet, because their ministries are very closely tied together. The difference is rank and authority um, um, and sphere of influence. And so I think that what we have to understand is that there is a great need, number one, for the apostles to establish us in the doctrine of the faith, as well as the prophets as well. But the prophets need to get back to being the mouth and the eyes of the church and declaring what God is saying. Right now, where is Issachar? Where, where is Issachar? Why, why don't we hear you telling us to prepare? Can you explain Issachar for some people that do not understand Issachar? Who is Issachar? I know, for, you know, I know, but what, who is Issachar and why is he so vital for this time? <laughs> okay, and so. How do you know, and how do you know as a prophet, every prophet is Issachar? Okay. Number one, the sons of Issachar 
were Issachar is a tribe, okay, is is an Israeli tribe, okay, and so the sons of Issachar, each of the tribes had their own thing that they, you know, that they're anointing their mantle, their, you know, as we say our tribe, you know, our tribe has, has a mantle, and so the mantle that's on the tribe of Issachar was that they were prophetic people who knew how to discern the times that we or that the people were in and they would be able to give Israel instruction off of um you know what I'm saying because of where they were and give them you know prophetic direction um every prophet is supposed to have this operation in their mantle whether you are a seer whether you you know what I'm saying or it doesn't matter what kind of prophet you are a nabi prophet it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know what I'm saying because your responsibility is to bring the word and edify the church. So it may not come out in a thus saith the Lord. We have some prophets who what I would call, they have a common sense anointing. Where some things that they say is just common sense, but it's prophetic. And because it don't, they don't say, and the Lord said, and I heard the Lord say, and when I saw God, he said, listen to me, just listen to the instruction. Because prophetic instruction and direction is the spirit of that is the spirit of the sons of Issachar. So, because I think even to understand that, so what do you say to the prophets that are not submitted right now, but are prophesying? Submitted to who? Nobody. Like, what? What are you saying? These prophetic voices that are speaking, but there's been no cultivation and 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 and, and authentication to what they're saying, so that they can be vital. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we deal with that? Okay, so let me say this, and I and I say this with love, um, and I say this, you know, and everybody may not agree, okay? And I know that Jesus lifted us from the curse because of the sacrifice on the cross, but every bastard walks under the spirit of a curse. There's a curse of the bastard, and it's in scripture. And so if you get up, and you have, I'm sorry, and you have just, now I'm not saying that God is not going to bring prophets out of nowhere. So let me, let's be clear. God is God. We are his church and he can do what he wants. Okay. We understand that, but we, but we do understand that if you just a renegade, you was disobedient to your parents when you was growing up in the name of Jesus. And in your adult life, you can't keep a job because you can't follow no instructions. Your marker is there. We know that that you are, that's the vagabond spirit. Because you're not, you, you, you're not submitted to your daddy God. You're not submitted to, 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 and, and, and I, and I use that word, you know, listen to yesterday's teaching, hallelujah, thank Jesus. But even being submitted to leadership in any shape, form, or fashion, you're not going to do that. Because you, you're not going to do that. And that's the curse of the bastard. The curse of the bastard is that he can't sit still. He's a vagabond. He can't be still. So prophets like that, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can prophesy and you can be dead on. But guess what? Your life disqualifies you. And so because your life disqualifies, those are not the people that God's going to be using in this hour. So go ahead and prophesy or get it all out while you can. 
because your time is up. So, I mean, let me clear this up for people that's watching and even watching on, uh, on your Facebook. It's more than just prophets that have this vagabond spirit. Let me oh, absolutely. So, like, so just but you say, asked about prophets specifically. They should be saying whatever God is saying. What whatever He's saying. Like, and, and I can't even pinpoint that um on just one particular thing. The, the the word of the Lord that should be coming out of every believer's mouth and every leader, whether they are prophets, apostles, whatever their gift mix is, you know what I'm saying? And their assignment in the body and their anointing, call, whatever. Everybody should be saying the same same thing. And the voice that we should be crying out with is get back to God. Repent. We we in the age of we need to go back and read them seven churches and see where we fall. You're talking good. You're talking good. Okay. You're talking good. And anybody you have read seven churches, it tells you seven different persons, seven different spirits within the church. Um, the lukewarm and the one that knows and rejects and spew out the mouth. So definitely read Revelations one and two. And, and and here's the thing. Here's the scary part. Here is Jesus talking and he says explicit, explicitly, he says, repent quickly before I remove your candlestick. Your candlestick is your life, your influence, your, 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 the place, the platform he called you to. I'm going to remove you if you don't repent. That's where we are. So, and in closing, and if you have any questions, you need to write them down because I'm beginning ready to end. Um, <laughs> What are some three key things that you think every believer needs to know right now? Three key things. Three. This three. Come on, we're gonna do Father, Son, and the Holy mm. Ghost. Three. Don't don't give them all your nuggets. Um, because just before she do, does that, we do have an announcement on May sixth and seventh. Apostles coming with the Two Emerge Network, and she's gonna be doing uh, apostolic teaching for two days. I'm excited. Uh, we have our summit coming up. So, um, for some of y'all that <coughs> want to hear more about this with apostolic and apostolic move and where we're going apostolically, you'll see more information about that. So that's why I'm not asking so many deep questions. But what are three key things that every believer needs to hear? Right now, regardless of title, regardless of position, every believer needs to do or hear right now. I think one of the main things that every believer needs to hear is that God has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten about you, even in the midst of everything that we are going through. Um, we can still see his love. Um, even if you are hurting right now, you just look a little closer and you'll be able to see his love for you, his great love for you. Um, and, and so if you would hear that first and foremost, um, that he loves you, that God loves you, um, with an everlasting love, um, in, 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 uh, with your tears and, and thank God that the, the Bible tells us that he puts our tears in a bottle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He keeps account of every tear that we cry and he knows our anxious heart. Uh, David talked about that. He know God knows your anxious heart. He knows all the things that you are dealing with and what you are facing. Um, but know this, that, that, you know, number one, he loves you. Number two, everything is working together for your good. You know what I'm saying? Whether it hurts, whether it feels good or whether it doesn't feel good, it's working together for your good. 
And so you got to be able to receive that, that it's working together for your good. What you don't understand, your job situation, your, you know, whoever died, it, it hurts. It's reality. It's still working together for your good. You may not see it right now, but it's coming. And, and the third thing is, is now that you know that he loves you, now that you know that it's still working together for your good, stop playing and give God what he wants. Give him, give him what he wants. Give God what he wants. He wants all of you, not part of you. He don't want you just on Sunday. He don't want you just on Wednesday. He wants you every single day. And, and, and I know that some of us have short attention spans. So some of this, you know, media online thing is a little difficult, but listen, buckle down. If you can sit down and watch a two hour movie, you can get ready for church and watch, have a cyber service. Okay. Get it together. Stop making excuses. Give God what he wants every single day. Get up and pray. Read your Bible. You know what I'm saying? And, and live this life that you said you wanted to live for Jesus. That's what I think that we need to do. I got two questions. One on here and one that got texted to me. Okay. The first question I need to ask you, how do believers stay responsible to their local church right now? Um, some people are not being responsible in attendance. Mm. Some people may not be responsible <coughs> in giving and tithing. How do we, how do, how, like, it, how do we as believers stay true to that church is still, though church is now online. Right. We still have responsibility. Yeah. And then I'm just going to tell you what the second question. I'm going to repeat it. Can you outgrow a ministry that you're a part of? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jesus. I don't want to shout out my side. You know, with that, you know, the believer, you know, keeping them in this time of pandemic, how do they stay submitted to their local church in a time where there's so many other influences and there's so many other things? And it's not, they, and it's not even just saying that they're bad churches. You know, you just have now access to so many other streams. How do you still stay focused into your own church? Um, I, I, let me just, can I speak to the leaders? Yeah. Okay. So let me say this to, let me say this to the leaders. If you have people that are not still being faithful to the ministry, they left before this started. They left before this started. They was in the building. Their body was there. You know what I'm saying? But, but, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> he said you would give me one. I love you. <laughs> I love you. God bless you. I'm looking at their comments. They're talking over here. <laughs> they over here saying, wow. You just made me throw my own glasses. This is, if they, if they, if they're not here... <laughs> So let me say this again. Amen, prophetess. Amen. And I love you too. <laughs> Listen, if they are not faithful now, they had left already before, um, before, you know what I'm saying? All of this happened. You can talk to them, but that's not your responsibility to chase people. You can, you know, speak and bring correction. You know what I'm saying? But but who we chasing? We, we're not chasing nobody. 
So if you feel like with your adult self that you want to go someplace else, you know what I'm saying? This ain't the only place. And and it's immature for us. It's immature. And this shows our our you know the rate of our growth as believers that just because I'm not in a building, I can't be faithful. This is a heart issue. And so this is a bigger situation than you're not doing what you're doing with your local assembly. Your issue is what you're doing with God. Because the reality is, is that you ain't faithful to God. So if you're not faithful to God, how in the world can I expect you to be faithful to a local assembly? And so I can tell you, you don't pay your bills. You you behind in your bills. You, you don't have good relationships. Why? Because this is your marker. This, this is your marker. You unstable. And so you got to get delivered from instability. So how, so how you are with your church is a reflection of how you are in your natural life. That's you. you. That's you. you that's your person. You, that's who you are as a person. Period. That's who you are. That is who you are. You can say what you want. We can try to put any kind of labels on it that we want. Oh, they're just going through difficulty. No, you've been going through this difficulty for 20 years. You mean to tell me you still haven't outgrown this instability? You you mean to tell me being underneath a roof with a door and a bathroom and some pews tells you where you belong? Are you kidding me? You had you had you had the children of Israel walk through the wilderness for 40 years. And they might some of them murmured and complained. Yes, they did. And then when God had to bring a separation and kill off a whole generation, guess what happened? You ain't seen none of them talking about, child, I'm finna go over here on the other side and see what's on the other side of this desert. Uh-uh, I'm for, this is my group. So how do you remain, so, so you, you really pull in some questions. How do you remain grounded in the church that you're assigned to when it's uncomfortable? How do you mean you're assigned? Like, like this is a church like what you did, what God told you to be. But because it's uncomfortable and it's challenging you, and it's keeping you accountable. You tell where you want to leave. Like, Sit your hips in it. Marinate. Everything is not going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? You So so if if this was a place where everybody was clapping up for you. And you got a position. And everything was, you know what I'm saying, easy breezy. Then, oh, that's how I know this is God. But because you're being challenged. You don't know if this is the place God had for you. You ain't ready. You're not ready. I'm sorry. I ain't sorry. You're not ready because if you tired running with the it with the footmen, the footmen where are you? You ain't going nowhere with no horses and no chariots. It's not happening. So you have visions of grandeur. You that man that Isaiah said looked in the mirror and walked away and forgot what he saw. And so how do we remember what we saw? How do we remember that voice that God said, "This is the place you need to be. This is the assignment you're supposed to have." Like this is the place where I've destined you to grow your destiny. How do you how do you how do you maintain that? Stay there. Stay there. You might have to cry through it. You might have to look in the mirror and talk talk to yourself, talk yourself through it, tell yourself the truth, sit in it. So that leads me to the second question that was posed is how do you know when it's your time to transition or you've outgrown a ministry? How do you outgrow a ministry? I, don't, I ain't never seen that in the Bible. So I, help me understand what that is. How do you outgrow a ministry? That's not Bible. That's carnal. You don't outgrow a ministry. God can send you someplace 
and you can work and 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 you do you fulfill your assignment. All right. So how do you know you fulfilled your assignment? <laughs> Let me say that. I think that's the question. How do you know you fulfilled your assignment? You'll know. What did he tell you when you got there? Did you do it? Nine times out of ten. No. <laughs> nine times out of ten, most people. Most people say the Lord told me to come here because I'm supposed to help the ministry and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then you get over here and you find out that you ain't running nothing, boo. And so since you're not running nothing, I, I feel like the Lord said my season is up. Oh, but you, you don't want nobody to challenge you. Listen to me. This is a two way street. You came here to pour, but you came in here to get poured into. Because you chose them. It's not that deep. Because you chose them. That's where you felt led to be. Or maybe you made the choice to be. We make this so trivial. You don't even see God that much about your job you work on. Stop it. But we want to make this so deep. You go to a job. Because, and I'm not trying to be hard. I understand. No, no, no. Thank you for the question. But I want, I want to be honest. No, listen. Yeah, what y'all are getting is the authenticness mm. of Apostle Stubbs. Let me tell you this. She's, she, she's being, actually being nice. Because this is how she is personally. You know, All day, every day. <laughs> and you know, most of these people on here. Oh, oh, I lost my people over here on Facebook. Most of these people here that are watching here, right? They New Yorkers. Y'all can handle that. Listen, and let me tell you something. But this is what shows you, and this is why I say wisdom, and I say for our church, like even for us, for them, like, you know, you hear it. And a lot of things that Apostle was saying, and mercy, you can attest to it, right? Amen. A lot of things that Apostle was saying, I've said. And I'm not saying it to, like, to back up me, but this, these are the truths of what, you know, true leadership is. It, it does challenge you. It does, it's confrontational. Jesus was confrontational. And you know, that's that's like, that's my message of the week, okay? Let me tell you something. And I'm saying it now, and now that you're here, Apostle, can you please let some now, I because this is family. A majority was in Merge City, and a lot of people is open and, and open and all this. Can you please let people know that you drag your leaders, like you drag us, you get on us. No, 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 because I know we're senior leaders. I, <laughs> because some people think that we're crazy. No, I, I'm telling y'all this. I will be getting dressed. But the thing about it is, the best way to know you're submitted is by your actions of transformation. There have been times, me as a son, and I'm saying it publicly, I have not been done the right things. And the best thing is, is to do with my leader is not just saying sorry. It's by my demonstration of what right. instruction she's given me.
But guess what? She took time to groom me, groom me. She rebuked me. She guided me. Like she's helped me prophetically and becoming more mature. She's told me areas that I've done wrong. But the thing about it is, I I now see. And this is the thing that opportunities will come, but there's only one destiny for your life. What? Say that again, right there. That's the word. Opportunities will come, but there's only one destiny for your life. One. And this is why you cannot be hasty. And so let me ask you something, Apostle. You name is going into this, you know, where where people are more following pastoral anointings than the pastor that's for their life. They're following shepherds. You know, they have people that lead and mentor. Great. How do you know the difference between a mentor and a, and a spirit in your pastor? And when somebody's called the pastor, you. I, I know, I'm trying to let this go. Guys, we're in a few minutes. I, this is good, and I got her, and I get to pull her brain, and so y'all get to hear it too. How do you know the difference between somebody being your mentor and them being your pastor? Some of us have called people mentors when they need to be our pastor. And some people have called people our pastors when they need to be a mentor. How do you know the difference? Oh, God. I think we need a commercial break. two-minute question. But no, how do you know? Because I think for some people, I want you to stay grounded where God has you. And also for us as Emerge City, how we can evangelize some people to find the house that they need to belong to. How does someone know that this is not their mentor, but this is their pastor? Okay, so let me let me say this again. Um, you choose where you're going to go. 
you choose where you want to go. Sorry to everybody that was on Facebook. We lost you. Um, my iPad has a time limit on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what they do. Okay, so um, you choose where you want to go. It's the reality. Um, and we spiritualize everything. As long as you're in the body of Christ, you could go anywhere. So, I, I, and I need to say this because, you know, and this is not popular. This is not popular, what I'm saying, because we use this mentality that God said for you to be here to control people. And that's that. What I was teaching on yesterday was about lording over people. It's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. Say that again, please. Please say that because I'm telling you, it ain't my job to manage you. It's my job to instruct you. I ain't got time. I got to manage my own life. So, so that's, and that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. And so, um, I think what we have to understand, your mentor comes to your life for a season. They're there for a specific purpose. You know, whatever it is that you're supposed to get from them, that's a mentor. Okay. When it crosses over into something else and maybe that might become a spiritual parent or, or whatever the case is, is because now you're not just, you were supposed to get that one thing. I came to you for one thing, but now I'm birthing multiples. That's parenting. That's a spiritual, that's. <laughs> came to them for a specific thing. For a specific thing. But pastors birth multiple uh -uh. What would they do? Come on. Because uh, every pastor is not your spiritual parent. All right, spiritual parents. So if somebody is a, when we start talking about spiritual parents, this is what makes parents. Is that I look at you and you have my DNA. You could go across the world. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how powerful DNA is. This blew my mind. This blew my mind because I had family members I had never met before, but we have the same inflections. We have the same hand mannerisms because it's in our DNA. Woo! That's powerful right there. That right there, listen to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So when we start talking about that, being a spiritual parent, because now you can go somewhere. Can I book it for you? Can, can I book this for you? The Bible says when Peter betrayed Jesus, he sat among the, 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 the people three different times, three different groups of people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. And then his last group that he sat among, they said, you are one of it. You was with him. Your speech betrays you. You talk like Jesus. You sound like Jesus. So, so your parent is who you God. That's how. And we went through a period of time. Let me just say this real quickly. We went through a period of time in the church where folks was like, well, you, you don't want to be around this person. You, you just a croony. You just following after them. Uh-uh. They carry something. Listen to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this for you. So you can't be bad with your carrying. Oh, God. Listen, listen. You're carrying something for me. And let me tell you what I learned. 
Let me tell you what I learned. Oh my God, talk about, oh my God, this is good. Let me tell you what I learned. I learned. If you got to go, honestly. If you got to go, God bless your life. (laughs) Like you said, this is the afterglow. Let me tell you what the Lord helped me understand. Jesus. I was in my womb when my mother was in my grandmother's womb. You hear what I'm saying? When, before I even got here, before I even got here, God had already declared that I was coming. That you was going to be who you was going to be. That your mother was going to be who your mother was. I was in my grandmother's womb when my mother was in my grandmother's womb. So everything that whatever God gave to her, mine. We talk about generational curses, but can we talk about generational blessing? And I'm telling you, that is a scientific fact. It's a scientific fact that that I was already in my grandmother's womb when my mother was in her womb. When my mother was an egg, I was in there. That right there, you can't mess with because that's DNA. And listen, there are things, there are things that if I look back because of where I came from, that's my DNA. Okay? That there were there are things that I will say that's like my grandmother. That's like her mother who I've never met. Cause I was in there then too. So let me tell you something. Y'all cannot get mad who you sound like. Don't get mad. Listen to me. It means it means that there's seed in there. It means that seed is in there. So I didn't mean to go off chasing those rabbits. Please excuse me. You know what I'm saying? But I just had to drop that one thing right there. Listen to me, though. Listen to me. So, a mentor is here for a season. You come to get that one thing. A spiritual parent becomes that because you don't just do what you got from the mentor. You birth multiples. Okay? Your pastor is your shepherd. This is why your shepherd can shepherd you and still they don't cause you to birth multiples. Mm. How do you see no when somebody's birthing multiples? Like how does that look naturally? Like what what should be birthing to identify somebody as your spiritual parent? Because that one seed, here we go back to John 15, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. It's a progression. It's a progression. You don't stop being fruit. So a spiritual parent Keep pushing you to bear fruit. Because once that mentoring relationship is over, it's over. Because you got what you came here for. You got what you came here for. I can go home anytime. And every time I go home, I'm always going to get a deposit. Every time. Absolutely. The door is always open. Commission sang the song. You can always come home. (laughs) You can always come home. 
And that's the way it is. And so a pastor's responsibility is shepherding. You know what I'm saying? Um, and a, a mentor's responsibility is to help you to accomplish that one thing, that dream, that goal, that vision, whatever it is that they've been sending to your life to do. You know what I'm saying? And a spiritual parent helps you to birth those multiples. They are constantly bringing you to the birthing table. They should, yes, they should. So they, oh, oh okay. Now I understand. And we've all seen perversity because now they understand. I say to some of the guys that every time I talk to apostles, there's always impartation. It's <laughs> <laughs> one time that I get off the phone with you that you don't, and that's was the evidence of how I knew. Just for some of y'all, like how I knew apostle could have. No, um, it's been like a, now a year. Um, it's been like a whole year, yeah. uh, and people don't know how this came about, though. When I first came here, <laughs> I came to actually be my mentor. Yeah. I just come to one thing. One thing. And what transitioned her being my covering, my spiritual mother, and, and, and my outside leader, and where my destiny lies. If you hear that, it says, oh, why, where is your destiny, Apostle Francesca? So I do nothing without <laughs> and, and, and I, At one point, I got mad with that. Because not mad with that, people get mad with that because it's like, then you have to have your own individuality. No, I am what I come from. And you even taught me that that I'm a reflection of you. You are. You know, and you tell me what your church does is a reflection of your behavior. It is, absolutely. It and is. You And it's back to you can't separate your who from your do. You just can't. It's impossible. This, this here, I, you drag today. And, <laughs> asking for it. Keep doing it. Has to be replicated. Yeah. It has to be it has to be replicated. To do it again and again and again. Huh? So you know, I, I give you I give you a free item too. Is there anything prophetically obviously what you want to say to us emerge emerge uh, before I close out in prayer and uh process tonight because I'm actually gonna read listen to this recording. Um, yes, and we have to have this. Um, if you can let me be able to download it so that we can, um, number one, air it on our Roku channel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That would be amazing. Um, and then also to be able to put it on Facebook as well, because I think my Facebook is skipping. Yeah, no problem. So I definitely will send you the actual video so we can put it on Facebook. Yeah. And we'll probably do it, and then we can work that out. Um, definitely going to put it on Roku, because I think this conversation is needed. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Can we have a part two? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a blessing. So we're on part two, and I, what I'm going to do is for those that for nursery, we're going to put literally ask the questions, ask the questions. You watch this. A close, this is not special. This is not cool. A closed mouth don't get fed. And for some of you have questions, but you got to ask. So the the question is now for us as Emerge City Emerge Network, as our apostle, what do you want to say to us? for this next phase of ministry and church. What do you want to say to us? And then we're going to close out in prayer. Um, what do you want to say? And even to everyone that's on this line, it could be to the body of Christ, to us individually, but what do you want to say I give you this time? Um, I would like to be able to say thank you uh, first for allowing me to be able to share with everyone tonight. Such an honor to be able to share with everybody. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And I've thoroughly enjoyed all of the banter going back and forth and you cutting up. <laughs> um, yeah, all the, on our phone calls all the time. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and so um this was this was very good. Um to and and you know, even to have everybody's questions, um, very good. And so please, um, anything that um, I have spoken to you on tonight, um, with uh to, with a sharp edge to it, please take it in love and know that it is meant in love because we're in an urgent time and we can't afford to dance around this thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, desperate times call for desperate measures. And so we've had enough of the yes, Jesus loves me song. You know what I'm saying? Now we need to, you know, get out here and, 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 and do, you know, what God is requiring of us. And what I would say to emerge city, merge nation, uh, New York City, hallelujah. Um, I would just say really take this season and keep your ears to the heart of God. Get rid of every excuse um, and let's press into God with everything that we have. Know that God has great things for us. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and if he said that you're going to the nations. You're going. The nations, the, the whole earth might be on shutdown. It's closed right now, but it won't always be this way because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Every word that God says, it's his responsibility to make it good. And he's going to make it good. And so I want you to hold on to the promises of God because the promises of God stand sure. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we can trust God and know that everything that he said, he's going to perform it. Amen. And so be encouraged, be strengthened um, to everybody who hung in here for what you call the after, afterglow. <laughs> Thank you for, for your time because you didn't have to spend this evening with us on tonight. And so I definitely, definitely don't take that for granted. Um, and I pray that, you know, it's always my prayer for everybody that God will bless you all and keep you all. Um, and that even if he will show you his favor and his grace, um, you know, even as we face these things that we have to face um, in this time in Jesus name. And so and as you're praying, can you please pray for the state of Georgia and pray for these other governors who are who are thinking about opening their state before that they before they should. We know that people need to work. You know, we know that there's a little bit of conspiracy theory going on and whatever. However, however, we understand the agendas, but let's talk about safety for the people and let's pray that God would would do a Nebuchadnezzar or do a Pharaoh on them and trouble their dreams and and you know what I'm saying um and and cause them to obey and to shut it down for the health of the people. Amen. And, and, and still, because, you know, some people, um, you still can give tonight, um, but it's still our midweek, and we still can give an opportunity to give, and if you want to, you can do it uh, via the Cash App. And actually, tonight, we're going to do something different. I need everybody, this is the Cash App you're going to give to tonight. You're going to do dollar sign OAPN1. That is the seed that you're going to sow tonight. Um, you're going to be sewing into the life of our apostle. Um, oh. I love my leader. Um, and, I, and I'll be remiss that she will pour out unto us as a church and as a network and as believers. Thank you, um, um, Proverbs Bradley. Oh, oh, it's dollar sign, O-A-P-N, the number one. Please give 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 a seed to the to the grace and the anointing um, because I believe that we sow into that house, the house that we eat from, um, the house that keeps us covered, that we'll never have, we'll always have food. 
Let me say something. She prays for this ministry. She prays for our church. She asks us about our leaders. She pushes me to make sure that I'm an adequate leader um, and challenges me in areas. So I felt led tonight to we want to sow into our apostles, our apostolic voice. Um, and <laughs> definitely sowing tonight into her. Um, it's going to be sowing a seed tonight. And so we, we, we just want to say that the gifts that we're giving you is you should not know. That's why I was I, yeah, well, I was looking at you like, what? Because her face was literally, I know her. She would have been like, no, 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 no. So that's why I had to, I did on the little cup, on the rebound. But we're going to sow into her life tonight um, because she's sown into us, not in, in, in monetary, but she's sold in wisdom that we can take for generations. And she's opened us to revelation and insight and we bless the prophet, the prophetic voice that she is. And so tonight I, I'm challenging you prophetically, Emerge City, let's stay committed, let's stay grounded, let's stay committed to our local assembly, to the network, stay committed to your local churches, to open, stay committed, do what you got to do, give your tithe, give your offering. Do your worship, be engaged in your services, still evangelize, get people connected, regardless of whatever virtual experience it is, and let's make no excuses. Let's literally start being intentional. No more excuses. And so we're going to pray uh, real quick, and we're going to pray for the country, the cities, um, and we're going to also pray for our apostles. So let us pray. Gracious God, we do thank, thank you. you. We glorify you, Father. Thank Father, you, we are now coming to you now. Yes, thank Jesus. you for the anointing, oh God, that was demonstrated tonight. We thank you Jesus, for the release and the revelation, oh Father. Father God, we are now God, coming to you and asking you for an outpour. Father, we are asking you for now the insight, oh God, to carry the mantle that you put in our hands. Father, we are now decreeing that the wisdom that was given us will not just be heard, oh God, but it will be applied to our life, Father. Father God, we are now asking you to release your angels, oh Father God, even in the time that one of this pandemic has uh, pressed through, oh God, we know that there is something going on. Father, we are now putting that hedge into the cities, oh God. Father God, we are asking that there will be an attentiveness, oh God, that you will have mercy on the city, oh God, that are not using accurate wisdom and not being properly guided, oh Father. Cover the cities, cover the families, cover the children that come in the name of Jesus. In our government, in our city, there'll be no need to be here, loving and sensitive, oh God. But there'll be a unified group because we'll be raising those that have insight and understanding, oh God, to the time and the end, Father. Father, we are now saying you look upon our cities in the south. Look upon Georgia now, God. Father, God, look upon Governor Kemp, oh God. God, 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 in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Jesus in your name, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Turn their faces to heaven, oh God. Father God, forgive us Jesus, forgive us, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. in your name, God, covered by your blood, Jesus. Hallelujah. Their homes will, oh God, be over this pandemic. They will be on the top of this pandemic. Yeah, Oh, help us, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I love us. Jesus, in your name, hallelujah. Intervene, God, intervene, oh, God. Yes, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, Lord. 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 Yes, Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, in the name of God. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. We know that the sons of God are waiting. The sons of God are waiting. We ask that God that your leaders and your people will get into the secret places, God, and they will seek you, God, unknown to Father God, that literally they will begin to get to a place where we are going to be in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Us, God, into a deeper and more Thank you for this time. We thank you for this time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I love you, too. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to work on getting this part, too. But we just thank you for your time. We know that you're busy. We pray that you get some rest, and we pray that, you know, the blessing that comes through the gifts that come tonight, I did. Can I just release this, please? All right, let her release this prophetic word, and then pray again, and then we can go. Go ahead. So while we was praying, I I heard the Lord say that when we come through this season, when we come through this season of testing, because we're in a season of testing, hallelujah, And, and even as the Lord is speaking to me, what's running through my mind Cause I see pictures. So what runs through my mind is the picture in Daniel when Daniel spoke about the decree of the watchers that they made a decree 
over Nebuchadnezzar and the decree was for 12 months. And at the end of that 12 months, the decree of the watchers came to pass. And, 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 and so that's going through my mind while I'm hearing the Lord speak. Amen. And so I just had to really just real quick, just look at something really quick because the next season that we come into is going to be strong prophets rising. Strong prophets with strong words, strong prophetic words are coming in this next season. And God is refining us. God is refining us and preparing us. When I say strong prophets, I'm not just talking about prophets that's going to prophesy. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about people coming to the forefront that are full of strength and that have a word of God in their mouth that is full of the power of God. We get ready to come out of this season of testing and power and great power. God is going to move among his people. God is going to move among his people and we're going to see demonstration and we're going to see the word of the Lord come to pass. We're going to see, we talked about this earlier about the, the, the spirit of the ox the ox is going to carry us into this next season. It's going to carry us. It's going to take strong. So that means, that means that this is not going to be easy. That means it's not going to be easy. That's, that, that means this is not going to be easy. Because if you need an ox to carry the weight of the word that's coming, that means that that. There's a weight that you got to carry. That means that, that this is going to be difficult. You don't bring out an ox to tread if it's not difficult. So things may not get that much easier. You understand what I'm saying? However, God is going to grace us to carry his word through this thing. Prepare yourself because God is raising his people up. And, and, and even to help people understand prophetic word a little bit deeper, because you're connected to those oxes. That means yes, right? Because it's not going to be easy. This is why. If you really understand it, that's a whole conversation. The spirit of the ox. God help us, Jesus. But it's the ox and the mouth together. So, so the two coming, and I'm I'm just using them. I'm saying that. Cause we we're moving from I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at Hebrew I'm looking in Hebrew I'm not looking at our and even still even still if we look at 2021 you know what I'm saying three and I'm saying three because two and one is three let's just take it to that that's resurrection I'm telling you we get ready to walk into a new place we get ready to walk into a new place we gotta get through we just gotta Lord keep us through this that has to be our prayer. Keep us through this so that we can make it to this next season. Because this is why this becomes so pivotal. Look back at the children of Israel coming out of the wilderness. Don't be Moses where you only get to look across and you don't make it over there. We got to position ourselves and be so connected to God, so tuned in to God that if he don't say it, you don't do it. If he don't speak it, you don't say it. Come on. This is where we got to live. That's the word of the Lord. Yeah, I heard the prophetic message. Again, if you are struggling tonight, you can still add dollars. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus. We, we saw tonight as the Virgin Network. I tell you, after this, there's something great. 
on the other side. Oh my, ah, my God, thank you, Jesus. On the other side. Mm. And what we really even have to understand, because the, what we have to go against on the other side, about the aspect, even when Jesus uh, did with Peter, he got them on the other side of the boat. There was literally deliverance that came as soon as he got the boat. There's literally a need that's going to come, I'm telling and amen, for us to understand. There's a hunger, and we need development. I'm telling you, stay postured for development in the face of God, listening to your structures, because it's going to keep you alive. Mm. And oh, for some of us, it will keep us to see. Because we want to be like Moses, seeing from the other side. We can't. We don't work hard, but we can't. We can't enjoy it. We have to say, Lord, let me get this. Lord, keep me through this. Mm. Lord, keep me through this. Apostle, are you about to go on live today? <laughs> I'm just going to tell y'all, if y'all got Facebook, y'all need to be prepared. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going live. Uh-uh. This is going in my journal. I'm just going to write it. I'm going to write it. I'm just, I'm just going to write it. But I just, I'm just telling you, I just want, I know everybody got to go, but I just need y'all to hear. We heard good stuff. We was encouraged, we strengthened. I'm telling you. We was talking about, we was talking about the sons of Issachar. I'm telling you, we positioned ourselves because there is, God is bringing leaders forward that are going to have a word of direction. Their word of direction is going to be strong. They're going to be strong in the Lord. This is not going to be like what we've seen before. This is not going to be the, the kind of church folk we've seen before. This right here, this, this right here, we ain't seen this. We have not seen this, what God is getting ready to release. We have not seen this. The, the kind of person that, that, I don't even know how to articulate it. It's, it's not what we have seen. It's not what we have seen. We have never seen what God is getting ready to do in his people and through his people. And the and the 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 type of leaders that are coming forth, they're not coming to try to be served by nobody so that nobody can clap for them, so that nobody could serve and worship them. They are coming with the word of the Lord in their mouth and they're going to declare what does say of the Lord that they will not be for sale. You will not be able to buy them. You will not be able to coerce them. You will not be able to, to move them off of their purpose because they have been sent by God. They have been sent by God. God is the, he is preparing his people. What he get ready to do, we ain't seen it. Oh my God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Have mercy on us, God, and keep us in this season. Preserve your people, God, in this season, God, in the name of Jesus, that we will walk in obedience, that our eyes will be able to see what you have spoken and what you have promised, that nothing will keep us out of what you have promised to us. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Listen, for the final we thank you again for joining us today. I thank you for taking the time to be on our Bible I made me enrichment. I thank you guys um, for for your obedience. Um, Sunday at twelve noon. Um, you know we are in our possible death struggle for Orlando. Listen, we are, this is what we do. We come together. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. We also look out for part two, and we pray and I pray um, from all of us here in New York and from Florida and from North Carolina and everywhere that we are. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for coming tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, posture yourself, and Apostle, you get some rest uh, after, you write it, after you write in your journal. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, but we, 
listen, again, be also on the lookout for the conference information that will be coming out uh, by the end of this week, early next week. All right? Thank we you love Jesus. you and we'll have a good night. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank God for you all that joined us tonight. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Have a good night. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.